problems constitute a sign of life. The more problems you have, the more alive you are. And that is the quote of the day. To the quote of the day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. Today we've got Norman Vincent Peale on the show. Of course, he is the author of many classic books, including his most classic, The Power of Positive Thinking. And this clip probably goes back to the 1950s, 1960s. And it's a perfect piggyback on yesterday's episode where Les Brown was talking about pain and how pain is unavoidable. It's part of life, but pain is there to make us stronger. Norman Vincent Peale today is talking about problems how we are always going to have problems. If you don't have problems, it probably means that you're not alive. And it's really interesting because the way that we perceive our problems is really important. Later on this week on the Sean Croxton Sessions, my interview podcast, you're going to hear from Dr. Daniel Friedland. One thing that we're going to talk about is that the negative health implications of stress are not truly due to stress itself. It's due to the perception of the stress. And so we can choose to perceive stress as a threat, or we can choose to perceive stress as a challenge. And it's two completely different things. And so likewise, we can look at our problems as a threat to our lives and to our existence and to our finances and all that, or we can look at our problems as a challenge, something that we can overcome and grow stronger because of. And so don't miss that episode of the sessions this week. And uh, without further ado, here's Norman Vincent Peale. Now, what I want to talk to you about tonight is why positive thinkers get positive results. And they do, too, that's for sure. One reason that the positive thinker gets positive results is he is not afraid of a problem. As a matter of fact, he finds problems exciting. He likes to take a tough, knotty problem and rip it apart and put it together again in the right manner. He doesn't run away from problems. He doesn't complain about problems. He likes problems. Now, this phenomenon known as a problem isn't what you might call the most popular in this land of the free and the home of the brave. I rather get the notion that the average person thinks that life would be simply wonderful. If we had fewer problems, or easier problems, or better still, no problems whatsoever. Now, I should like to ask you, would you actually be better off if you had fewer problems, or easier problems, or no problems at all? Let me answer that question by telling you of an incident. I was walking down Fifth Avenue, New York City, not so long ago, when I saw approaching me a friend of mine from out of town by the name of George. It was evident from George's melancholy and disconsolate demeanor 
that he wasn't, you might say, filled to overflowing with the ecstasy and exuberance of human existence, which is a high-class way of saying that George was dragon bottom. He was really low. Well, this excited my natural sympathy, so I asked him, how are you, George? Now, when you get right down to it, that was nothing but a routine inquiry, but it represented an enormous mistake on my part. <laughs> for George took me seriously, and for 15 minutes, he enlightened me meticulously on how badly he felt. And the more he talked, the worse I felt. So finally I said, well, George, what seems to be the trouble? What's bothering you? I'd like to help you if I could. This really set him off. Oh, he says, it's these problems. Problems. Nothing but problems. I am fed up with problems. And he got so exercised about the matter that he quite forgot who he was talking to. And he began to castigate these problems vitriolically. <laughs> Using in the process thereof, I'm sad to relate, a great many theological terms. <laughs> Though he didn't put them together in a theological manner, that's for sure. But I knew what he meant all right. For he had what the super erudite call the power to communicate. <laughs> I said, George, you'd like to get rid of these problems, would you? He said, and how? I would like to be rid of every problem. Well, I always like to help people any way I can, so I meditated and ruminated and cogitated on the situation and came up with a solution which I personally thought wasn't half bad, at least it was the truth. I said, George, the other day I was up in the northern part of New York City in the Bronx on professional business, if I may thus characterize it, and I was in an area up there where the head man told me that by actual count, there were 150,000 people, and not a single one of them had a problem. The first enthusiasm I saw in George suffused his countenance and lighted up his eyes as he said to me, Boy, that's for me. Lead me to this place. I said, Okay, you asked for it. It's Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx. <laughs> And this is a fact. Nobody in Woodlawn has a problem. For them, life's fitful fever is over. They rest from their labor. They couldn't care less what you and I will see on television tonight or read in tomorrow morning's newspaper. They have no problems at all, large or small. But they are dead. It therefore follows, I believe, in logical sequence that problems constitute a sign of life. <laughs> in fact,
fact, I would go so far as to say that the more problems you have, the more alive you are. The man who has, let's say, ten good old tough man-sized problems is twice as alive as the poor, miserable, apathetic character who only has five problems. And if you here tonight have no problems at all, I warn you, you are in great jeopardy. You're on the way out and you don't know it. What you better do, the minute this meeting is over, don't fool around. Head for home. And go to your room and shut the door and get out on your knees by the bed and pray to the Lord and say to the Lord, Lord, please, what's the matter? Don't you trust me anymore? Give me some problem. I one sometimes wonders what's come over this great country. We are the descendants of a once great breed of men who had problems, and they had them a plenty. But did they whine and whimper and crawl through life on their hands and knees, piteously complaining because of their problems? Not on your life. They were philosophers. They were thinkers. And they understood the construction of the universe. And they knew that at the center of this world in which we live is this phenomenon known as a problem. And furthermore, they weren't afraid of problems. They stood up to them because they knew that every problem contains its own solution. The world is full of problems. For what reason? Why do we have so many problems? Why do you have so many problems? There's one answer to that. It is that you will grow strong so that you're more and more capable of handling problems. The only way you make a strong man is through resistance. Struggle, pain, frustration, disappointment. This makes men. I go so far as to say that I don't believe any individual can really be mentally healthy who hasn't got a proper philosophy of a problem. That was Norman Vincent Peale talking about problems. Everybody's got problems. We all want problems because problems help us to grow. So embrace those problems and know, like, as he just said, if you don't have any problems, it probably means that you're no longer with us and we don't want that. And so be sure to check out his books. The most famous of them all is The Power of Positive Thinking. It's among the like hundred books in my bookshelf that I haven't read quite yet, but I hear really good things about it. And so I hope you can check that out. And that is it for me. I will see you tomorrow for our Wednesday episode with Jack Canfield. Peace. <laughs>